посадил венчарешеньку на дворі. Там не стояв із милою до зорі. Чарешенька щей, хай! Чарешенька прийметься, а милая за другими дивиться. Чарешенька щей, хай! Чарешенька прийметься, а милая за другими дивиться. Ой, ходив він із милою лісочок, Виплітав її з фіалок віночок. А тепер куди піду, Лише з верби лист найду, І ще її я любити не буду. А тепер куди піду, Лише з верби лист найду, І ще її я любити не буду. Edmonton, that was the Euphoria Band with Cherashenka, the Cherry Tree. Dobry večer, šanovni radio suhači, ta vitaju vas vsih na radio predaču Naš Holos, radio Ukrinskoho Korinja, katera podjeci vam na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u misti Vancouveri i pomareži PCJ Radio Mižnorodnemu. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina Makwari, djakuj ješče rišale per bute zimnoju na stupnu hodenu. Hello there, and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, coming to you here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver and in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. I'm your host, Paula Temchik-McQuarrie, Pukrinska Pavlina. We've got a great program lined up for you. We've got Ukrainian Jewish heritage and another look at a feature we did last year on klezmer music. Um, I'm a great fan of it, and I hope you are too, and thought it was worth repeating. As well, we're going to listen again, since it's still summertime, and yeah, it's a good time to relax and hear stories. So we have Saskatchewan storyteller Linda Mikolayenko with a Ukrainian folktale, The Stolen Postela. As well, we'll have our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next is a group from Ukraine. This was recorded all back in the Soviet times. Uh, it is a group called Chervonaruta, and the song is Chicheri. Thank you. 
Rozszerzymy kuczery, kuczery, kuczery. Rozszerzymy kuczery, kuczery, kuczery. Ja bym to wyczesała, czesała, czesała. Jakby mamka nie znała, nie znała, nie znała. Jakby mamka nie znała, nie znała, nie znała. Mamka bude dywity, dywity, dywity. Ja się budu hańbity, hańbity, hańbity. Ja się budu hańbity, hańbity. Oj Maryszko, люблю cię, люблю cię, люблю cię Zaryś mnie kochucia, kochucia, kochucia Zaryś mnie kochucia, kochucia, kochucia
from the eastern seaboard of the United States. That was Olya Chudoba Fritz from her CDs Hadai. Remember, and a song called Lubish Chinna Lubish, Do You Love Me or Not? And moving north across the border back into Canada to Toronto, to be specific. And our next group is called Trio Lira from Toronto from their CD Razum, which means together. And here they are now with Tishmena Pitmanula, You Deceive Me. And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. Terrace, the King of Klezmer, by Yale Strom, chronicles the life and work of a Ukrainian-born man who became known as the Benny Goodman of Klezmer. He was the individual most responsible for the development of a uniquely American style of Jewish Klezmer music. From 1925 until his death in 1989, Dave Terrace set the standard. Well-known jazz legends such as Charlie Parker and Miles Davis studied his technique. Yale Strom is himself an accomplished klezmer musician and historian. He is credited as a pioneer in the revival of klezmer. Strom had already published several books on the genre when, by happenstance, he ran into a great-grandson of Dave Terrace in New York. That encounter inspired Strom to write a biography of the iconic musician. The book contains many touching anecdotes by family members, musical colleagues, and protégés. 
There is newly discovered biographical material, rare photos, the musical scores of 28 of Terrace's original klezmer tunes arranged for violin and clarinet, a glossary of Yiddish terms, a bibliography, detailed footnotes, and discography. Plus, a copy of a handwritten note by Terrace a few years before he passed away. Dave Terrace was born Dave Tarasiuk in 1897 in Ternivka, a shtetl in what is now modern-day Ukraine, located about 200 miles south of Kiev and 19 miles southwest of Uman, where Rebbe Nachman of Breslov is buried. Terrace was a third-generation klezmer musician. He learned his craft from his father and played at weddings for Jews and non-Jews in and around Ternivka. He even played in the Tsarist army up to World War I. That gig not only kept him out of the trenches, in the end it saved his life. When pogroms broke out, foreshadowing even worse devastation and horror to come with the Holocaust, Terrace managed to escape to the West with his wife and some family members. Sadly, many of his relatives were left behind. Those that survived endured much hardship, including deportation to Uzbekistan through Siberia and Kazakhstan. Life was hard for klezmer musicians in the USSR, and often dangerous. Meanwhile, Terrace and his wife arrived in America in 1920. He got a job working in his brother-in-law's first shop, because at first he didn't think he was good enough to make a living as a musician in America. But within three years, he was supporting his growing family playing his clarinet and would go on to become the most acclaimed klezmer in the United States. his career he made hundreds of recordings on labels such as Columbia and RCA Victor. He frequently played for Yiddish theater, resorts, social clubs, vaudeville and movie theaters, and of course countless weddings and other Jewish communal events. The emergence of a new technology called radio allowed Terrace and other klezmer to reach a broader audience. By the end of the 1920s, Jewish radio programming and Yiddish music were being heard on several major radio stations in the New York area. During the harsh depression years, Terrace worked many different venues, including in resort hotels in the Catskill Mountains. The area came to be known as the Borscht Belt because klezmer and Yiddish swing were so popular there. By the end of the 1930s, Dave Terrace had become known throughout the Yiddish theater and klezmer world as the best and most reliable clarinetist. When World War II broke out, he did another army stint. He was commissioned by the National Guard of New York to lead its military band. But the end of the war brought with it the end of the big band era and the beginning of a new American music scene. Despite that, Terrace remained one of the few musicians to still record and play actively in the niche he had carved out for himself, gigs in the American Jewish community and as a session musician, recording, radio, and teaching music. His audience was dwindling, however. The trauma of the Holocaust turned survivors and their descendants away from the painful memories and associations of their East European roots. With the birth of the new state of Israel in 1948, American Jews still in touch with their roots began to identify with a more modern Israeli culture. But in the 1970s, Dave Terrace was rediscovered by musicians and researchers Andy Statman and Walter Zev Feldman. In 1978, they organized a tour featuring Terrace and other klezmorum and Yiddish singers. 
The project also produced a studio recording titled Music for the Traditional Jewish Wedding. This would be Terrace's last studio effort. The tour was a huge hit with seniors who recalled the heyday of Klezmer. But it also attracted a smaller crowd of young musicians who would form the nucleus of a revival of Yiddish culture. In 1984, Dave Terrace was honored by the National Endowment of the Arts with a National Heritage Fellowship. He died on February 12, 1989, in Oceanside, Nassau County, New York, leaving a daughter, a son, and seven grandchildren. His great-granddaughter Stephanie Terrace is now the keeper of the family Klezmer legacy. Dave Terrace influenced several generations of Klezmer musicians and will no doubt continue to influence generations to come. Dave Terrace, The King of Klezmer by Yale Strom is available at Amazon and other booksellers. Musical excerpts you heard were all recordings by Dave Terrace. Apologies for my Yiddish pronunciation. We began and ended with Chusen Kala Mazel Tov, a traditional Jewish wedding march. Then Zefki Ich Bin Deiner Scher, a couple's set dance similar to a quadrille or square dance. Galatis, grandfather's song. Frelex, another traditional Jewish dance. The word means happy, and this song was titled Frelachs Veseli. A Pastuch's Cholem, or A Shepherd's Dream, from his 1978 recording, Music for the Traditional Jewish Wedding. You can find the music of Dave Terrace also on Amazon and on iTunes. I'm Pavnina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com.
That was Yale Strom, American klezmer musician who happened to also author the book that was just reviewed, Dave Terrace, The King of Klezmer. And that song he performed for you there was Svalava Kozachok, a Ukrainian folk dance. This is CHMB, AM 1320, Vancouver. Coming up next, Slu Hai from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and Oyupoli Kalena. In the field, there is a Kalena, a cranberry tree. foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit shochenkofoundation.com. 
Welcome to Beyond the Blue Mirror, a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. Each program features a folktale or legend, as well as a related real-life story, enhanced with traditional and contemporary music. My name is Linda Mikolayenko. Thank you for joining me. The Stolen Postole Bondachuk was up to no good. This rich farmer was always plotting ways to get the poor peasants to work on his land for next to nothing. And now, now he had his eyes set on Danello, a big, strong man. But how to enlist him? He stewed and he schemed and he twirled the ends of his long black mustache until, until he came up with a plan. And then he sent one of his servants to steal something from Danello. In the dark of night, the servant crept into Danello's hut. Careful not to wake the sleeping man, he tiptoed about, looking for something worth stealing. But Danello was so poor... He couldn't find anything. All night long he looked, and finally, just before dawn, he realized that Danello had no real valuables, and so he quickly grabbed a pair of postoles, a pair of shoes, and ran out the door. In the morning, Danello awoke, yawned and stretched and rubbed his eyes, but when he reached for his postoles, well, they were gone. He scratched his head and tried to remember where he had left them, but he was certain that he had put them beside his bed as he always had. Outside, the frost lay thick on the ground. Winter was on its way, and he wondered how he would survive without a pair of shoes. As he sat there, suddenly the door to his hut burst open, and in walked Bundachuk, the wealthy farmer who lived nearby. Why so glum, Danilo, he said. Why shouldn't I be sad, replied Danilo. Some scoundrel has stolen my postole. Winter is on its way, and I don't have a cent to buy a new pair. Oh, that is indeed terrible, Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. But uh, don't worry. I'll uh, buy you a pair of shoes, and uh, you can pay me back by working on my farm for a year. Well, Danello thought this was ludicrous. But what could he do? He had no choice. So he went to work for Bondachuk. Day in and day out he slaved, but Danello was a big man, and the landlord fed him so little that he was always hungry. Finally, one day, when he felt he just didn't have the strength to continue, he went to Bondachuk and he complained, How can I work when all day long my stomach aches and rumbles so? Again, Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll get my wife to give you a boiled egg every morning. And that way you'll have the strength to continue to work, and by the end of the year you will have paid off your debt, all right? Danello agreed and went back to work. For an entire year, Danello worked like a dog. He plowed and he planted and he threshed just to pay for a pair of shoes. And though he was still hungry, 
That boiled egg did help to give him the strength he needed to continue working. Now, by Danilo's sweat, the farmer prospered with bountiful crops and a rich harvest. And when the year was almost up, he really wanted to keep Danilo working for him. And so one day he called him to his house. So you finally paid for the shoes, said Bondacha, stroking his long black mustache. That's right, said Danilo. And did you get a boiled egg to eat every morning, said Bondachuk, as he furrowed his bushy eyebrows. Yes, replied Danilo. Oh, Bondachuk gasped and rolled his eyes as if he was in great pain. Do you realize what you have done? What do you mean, asked Danilo. What have I done? Why, you have devoured three hundred eggs. If my wife would have put those eggs under brood hens, they would have hatched into three hundred chicks. Those three hundred chicks would have grown into three hundred hens that would have laid a thousand more eggs. Those thousand eggs would have hatched into a thousand chicks. I could have sold those thousand chicks at the market for quite a sack of money. So you see... You, Donello, you have cost me a sack of money. Why, if I take you to court, the judge will make you work for me for at least another year. Donello listened to that tirade, and when it was over, he said, Have it your way, you cheat. But I'll not work for you, not for another minute. And with that, he stamped his foot, turned around, and walked out the door. But when he had cooled down, he fell into despair. Oi, Boże, što zimnoju bude? What is to become of me? How could he possibly win in court against a rich man? As he wandered the roads aimlessly, he came upon an old Hutso, a mountain dweller. What troubles you, my friend, said the old man. Now this Hutzel was not only old, he was wise, and in his pocket he carried a blue mirror, and in it he could see where the rabbits slept, and how the stars fell into the sea, and what made the sun smile. He understood the languages of trees, and why the moon spread her skirts of melancholy over the hills. Danilo told him the whole story, and he finished off by saying, So you see, Bondachuk has me for good. I worked for him for an entire year, and now he's taking me to court. A rich man's greed knows no bounds, said the Hutzo. So you mean there's no hope, replied Danilo. Might makes right, and beggars can't be choosers. The judge is a learned man, but in my mirror he would see nothing. And with that he pulled out his mirror, and he gazed up into the sky and down to the ground and around to the forests and the mountains. And then he smiled and motioned for Danilo to come closer, and he whispered something in Danilo's ear. Danilo nodded and smiled and went on his way. The day of the trial arrived. Bundarchuk walked into the courtroom, strutting like a peacock, wearing a fine velvet suit. The judge and the clerk took their places, and they waited for Danilo. They waited. Minutes turned into hours. Bundarchuk began tugging at his mustache. Where is that fool? The judge looked at his watch, and the clerk tapped his fingers nervously on the desk. Finally, when they were just about to give up, the door to the courtroom burst open and in walked Danello, heaving and panting. <sighs> Excuse me, your honor, he said, but I have been very busy. What do you mean, said the judge, what do you mean, busy? Well, I was busy boiling potatoes and planting them, boiling barley and planting it, boiling oats and planting them. Wait a minute, said the judge, you can't get a crop from... Boiled potatoes or boiled barley? 
Well, surely I can, replied Donello. Just as surely as Bondachuk says he could get a thousand chicks from the boiled eggs that his wife fed me. The judge looked at Bondachuk. What kind of eggs did your wife give Donello? Boiled eggs, stuttered Bondachuk. The judge looked at the clerk, and then at Donello, and then at Bondachuk, and he began to laugh. And then the clerk began to laugh, and Donello began to laugh, but Bondachuk did not laugh. He stood there looking bewildered, tugging at his mustache, and then he grabbed his coat and hat, and he walked out of the court. And as his carriage clattered away, he could still hear them laughing. But that was the last time the rich man tried to take a peasant to court. Cultural themes are quite common in Ukrainian folktales. Many of the Ukrainians who came to Canada in the early 1900s were farmers, and they came at the invitation of the then Minister of the Interior, Clifford Sifton, who praised these stalwart peasants in sheepskin coats. However, that reference to men in sheepskin coats soon became a derogatory term, as the newcomers were looked on with suspicion by the established population. And it didn't take long before the immigrants began to encounter men like the Bundachuk in the story of the stolen postale. My father came to Canada in 1930 and worked for farmers during the difficult years of drought and depression. One year, my father tried to earn a little bit of extra money by catching the gophers that would cause great devastation to the crops. He was disappointed, though, that the farmer he worked for wanted to deny him even that. It was a story he often told me, so one day I decided to write it down, and it came out in the form of a poem. Here it is. Sure can do a lot of damage to the crops, those gophers, said Mr. Nicholson, sipping tea. Farmer with a reputation had twenty thousand in the bank. Nineteen thirty-four is going to be a bad year for them, they say. Municipalities paying one cent apiece. Mike nodded. Immigrant hired seven months for one hundred dollars. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs. Sunset late on spring days. Gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet for proof, put them in a box. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs, gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet, added them to the box. No chance to cash them in. Mr. Nicholson, you going to town? How about you take my gophers? Sure, Mike. Returning in his wagon, Mr. Nicholson holds out $2.37. Mike, you got those gophers from my farm. You work for me. My daughter wants a coat. How about I keep one dollar? Sure, Mr. Nicholson, sure.
If he had a daughter, he'd rather she wear sheepskin than rodent. Beyond the Blue Mirror is a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Je remercie de son soutien le Conseil des Arts du Canada. I would also like to thank Ethnic FM CKER Radio for the Roger Charest Senior Award for Broadcast and Media Arts administered through the Ukrainian Resource and Development Center at Grant McEwen College in Edmonton. The folktale in this program is based on The Stolen Postelet and the Boiled Eggs from the book The Magic Egg and Other Tales from Ukraine. Retold by Barbara J. Suen and edited by Natalie O. Kononenko. Copyright 1997 by Libraries Unlimited Incorporated. Used with the permission of Greenwood Publishing Group, Westport, Connecticut. The poem, Spring Harvest, is based on the recollections of my father, Mike Mikolayenko. My gratitude to him for allowing me to share it with you. Introductory music for this series is taken from Dance 5, from the CD Prairie Nights and Peacock Feathers, performed by Paris Tukayu, distributed by Alesha Records. This program also features excerpts from Hutzel Fantasy from the CD Ablaze, performed by Vasil Popoduk, and the original composition Krajina Kazke from the CD Reflections of Our Pioneers, performed by Duet Marena. I'm Linda Mikolayenko. You may reach me through my website, lindathestoryteller.ca. Thank you for listening.
Ukrainian girl group Rozhenetsia with traditional Ukrainian folk song Kalena Malena. And before them, the Playboy Band from Edmonton and the traditional Ukrainian woodcutters dance from the Hutsul region, the Arkan. You've been listening to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, our flagship show in Vancouver, which comes to you Saturdays from 6 to 7 p.m. here on AM 1320 CHMB on the radio dial and online at am1320.com, as well in international syndication on PCJ Radio International. In between broadcasts, please visit us online at www.nasholos.com, where you'll find transcripts and archived audio files, information about the show, as well as the podcast feed. And there's a link to our Patreon site there where you can support our work if you like, and that is www.nashhollows.com. And our proverb of the week translates as, Sometimes a lie will excite the entire village. All that brings us to about the end of our program, so one last tune for you, the Canadian Rhythm Masters from Winnipeg with the Great Plains Kolomeka. I'm Paulina, on behalf of all of us here at Nosh Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich! enjoyed this edition of the show. If you're not yet a Patreon supporter of Nosh Holos, I hope you'll consider becoming one today, with the digital equivalent of a cup of coffee once or twice a month, or maybe even a snack or a meal. There's an option for every budget, and even a dollar a month tells me you value the show and my efforts to produce and bring it to you. 
Becoming a Patreon supporter will give you the opportunity to provide feedback to help improve the show, create cool swag to promote it, and swap ideas on how to promote Ukrainian culture in between broadcasts and podcasts. Your contribution will also help to preserve a well-established on-air and online venue of almost 30 years running to continue promoting Ukrainian culture and heritage long after I've retired, which will happen sooner rather than later. Your contribution will help that transition happen, and future generations will be able to enjoy the music and other Nasholos programming that you currently do. To become a Patreon supporter, just go to www.patreon.com and search for Nash Holos. That's patron with an E, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or go to www.nashholos.com and click on the orange Patreon button on any page there. Thank you for listening and for your support. Shterodyakuyu. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.